You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. Mm. It's Monday. Yes. I'm ready to roll. Oh, yes. Ready to go. Oh, yeah. Chomping at the bit. Chomping. Chomping. Hey, had a great week, my friend. Great week. So I was able to be home this week, and I helped out in our children's program on Wednesday night. Awesome. And I spoke to our grades uh, three through six and had three kids saved on Wednesday. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Uh, And I was actually able to lead them to the Lord myself, so that was really cool. That is awesome. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I love it. What happened there? What's going on this this past weekend at your place? Yeah. Nothing really. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Well, no, a lot Spirit of moves. lot of good things. A lot oh, of sure. great things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Um, so, uh, how's the weather been? It's up and down. We were sixty degrees just before our couples conference, and a company ripped off our roof and put a whole new one on in one day. Uh, wow. And you know, on on our. Um, new wing the nursery yeah. wing yeah and and did the garage too and then uh about six days later we got six inches of snow <laughs> wow wow yeah it's been really nice here we we've really had a pretty mild winter to be honest we um, have to i think uh tomorrow here it's supposed to be almost 60 degrees that's in the, awesome in the middle of february unbelievable goodness that yeah. is unbelievable yeah crazy so yeah, we've been pretty fortunate. Now you know you never know. The next day it could go down to minus twenty. You don't know here, but that's, yes. that's something. So that's good. As long as you don't have a drought, you know, if you don't oh. get the don't get the precipitation that yeah. you need. Yeah, we but we have may it. have a real sloggy, rainy spring. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, they've certainly got it out in eastern Canada and the eastern seaboard of the United States this year. Yes. Um, Boy, Nova Scotia's been hit hard. They've got probably five or six feet of snow on the ground. It's wow. It's yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm glad I don't well, live there. I can't believe how far north Nova Scotia is. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's there. isn't it more northern than Greenland and Iceland? I, I think. Uh, I don't think it's that far, but it's it's up there. Oh man, it it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those poor people. Wow. So uh, I went through the old uh, email bag again, and uh, I found an, uh, a request from several months ago. This is uh, this is an oldie. Uh-oh. Um, yeah. So uh, trying to get caught up, and we've they're had- mad. They're not even listening anymore. So just skip no. it. Let's go to the next one. Well, no, they'll be listening. They'll be listening. <laughs> this is from J.K. I'll give you the initials J.K. So they know it's from them. Just so. kidding. Just kidding. That's what I was going to say. Just kidding. That was JK. <laughs> and JK wrote and said, I have an important question. What should I do um, about the doubt of my salvation? I was saved years ago and still remember it. I've had some periods of questioning it, and now it's come back. 
questioning their salvation. I don't know too many Christians that don't doubt their salvation at some point. Yes. It, I, it is it is a common thing to happen. Yeah. I, I don't remember in my life ever having serious doubts. There was, there was a time um, when I think I wanted to make sure I was right. You know, but I didn't, I didn't really doubt that I didn't get saved. I just wanted to make sure I got all my salvation. And uh, so a little bit of time that way. But I know a lot of people that struggle with that. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I just thank the Lord that I have never doubted my salvation. I mean, I just thank God for that because I have had kids that I grew up with, teenagers that I grew up with, adults that I know, college students that I went to college with, and on and on. Uh, Many, many people go through a serious, serious uh, time of of doubting and discouragement and despair, and uh, it really really hits a lot of people. What do you think causes that? What's What's the main reason for that, do you think? I think there's a few reasons, uh, and it seems like they all sort of intersect together. Uh, it, somebody gets saved early, um, and then somebody who may not have been really cemented, their their decision didn't really get cemented like it should have been. Um, and so then the older they get, they, they start to get in their teenage years, and they start to understand the reality of things, not that a child can't know for salvation, but right. you, you start seeing, you know, oh, my grandma died. Uh, you know, my friend Billy was uh, hurt in a car. I said, wow. You know, and you start thinking in a little bit more of a mature way. And by the time, you know, you're you're driving yourself and things, um, you know, you're, you're thinking much more in an adult manner and you, you begin to wonder, Man, I was only a kid. I know how serious things are now. Maybe. And so the whole maturation process, spiritually and physically, you know, when they all intersect together, I think that that's a, there's a whole combination of things there. Yeah. I, I think sometimes, too, I think you mentioned children, and I think that's most people that would have that struggle, I think, would probably be people that have gotten saved when they were younger. Many, Yes. I think, and I, I think we're more careful now, but there was a time when I don't know if we were as careful with children as we should have been in talking to them about the Lord. Um, I, we, in our programs, tried to really make sure, and you were involved Absolutely. in the SMITE program. Absolutely. We were involved in that you know, great program here, the HELP program. And that's one thing we really stressed and really made careful of if you talk to somebody about the lord you you had them checked by someone else and you didn't stand over top of that child and coach them through it you let that other person talk to them and then they come back and say you know yeah they got it they're solid or they'd say you know what they're just not there and that other person would tell them you you go back you're not you're not saved yet but you're close Mm -hmm. you you keep coming so they didn't get that false sense of security and yes I'm so glad we did that. So it, glad. It's an entire process. Yes, absolutely. And there were, I think, a lot of churches and a lot of people that did not always do that. And I, that left some question with kids. And uh, I was 
mentioning that I had a great uh, opportunity to talk to some kids about the Lord. Um, I, I'm going to be honest and say that it was Wednesday night. It was towards the end of the program. I talked to them, but we kind of we kind of rushed through it a little bit. And so I've made a point to have someone take those kids and go through it again with them just to make sure and see if they have any questions. And I think that's very important. And sometimes you don't want to do that because it kind of kind of offends your ego a little bit. Well, of course I know what I'm doing. Of course they got the gospel message. Of course they were able to receive that. Sometimes they're not. And I would rather have my ego bent a little bit than have a child misled in believing that they were saved and weren't or cause that kind of questioning as they get older. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this is not unique to our era because I have read uh, many books of, of preachers that got saved when they were young and, um, you know, whether it's in the 1800s, 1600s, I mean, you know, some Puritans who, you know, trusted Christ early and, and went through this season because it things weren't necessarily really clear to them until they finally were, some people had said, enlightened or whatever the phrase is that they wanted to use. It wasn't like a, a second salvation experience, but it was a full grasp and understanding and assurance from Scripture and the Holy Spirit resonating that within them to where it just sort of shone through. And, and so I there was three or four different preachers who did call it an enlightenment, you know, in their soul where they had that peace and security of, you know, this, this is what God has said and I can trust him. Yeah. I think too, so important that when you're talking to people about the Lord, that you have your Bible there and you can give them some verses that will help them in knowing that what they've heard is the truth and that they can have an assurance of that salvation. And one that I like to use is 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And I'll go through that and explain that, especially to a child or a teenager. And I do it with adults. And by the way, I, I get adults checked too. I, you know, I just want to make sure people understand. Amen. And today, I think because... We have so many people that aren't being raised in church, they don't know the terminology or don't understand the terminology. And sometimes when we use uh, you know, our King James Bible, some people aren't accustomed to hearing that. So I think it's important that we have people go through slowly and make sure they understand. And so I'll go through and say, now here's what that means. These things that I written, what is that? What's that talking about? Mm -hmm. And you know, I'll I'll point to my Bible or give them indication. That's the Bible. These things have I written in you. They believe on the name of the Son of God. Do you believe? Have you believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? That He is the Savior? Yes. That you may know that you have eternal life. Not not guessing or supposing, but you can know that. And I tell them, I know. I know I have eternal life. That's settled in my heart, and you can have that settle in your heart. And this works really good, especially for kids that will come back and say, well, I don't know, you know, if I prayed the right thing or if I said the right thing. And I tell them that prayer is important, but the most important part is what you believe now. What, what do you have to hold on to now? And when you can say that I've believed on the name of the Son of God and I, you know, have my Bible grafted in my heart, then that's, man, that's great. That's a great help. Great Amen. Help. So, Optimum... What amount of time would you like to have for dealing with a child about salvation? 
I would say at least 15 minutes. Yeah, I was thinking 20. Yeah, that's that's you need time. And if you only have five minutes, I'm not rushing through it. You just you just can't. It's it's just too important. And we've gotten to the point where sometimes we want to think of you got to be in a hurry, 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 hurry. And I mean, we we need time for the spirit of God to use the word and help help that child or teen to really understand. There's a there's a young man who's attending our church right now who uh, is going to a college in the area, and some of our members have invited him to come, and uh, I've sat down and talked with him personally about salvation, and he has now attended, I think, the last five or six Sunday mornings, and he still hasn't grasped it yet, but he's coming back. And he enjoys being there, and of course, all the college age people make him feel welcome, and you know, include him in different things. But you know, it just—he just hasn't grasped it yet. And uh, you know, it's just—we're—we're we're praying, we're praying and praying, and working and working and praying and praying. Right. The Bible says, "Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God." And again, we've got a generation—at least one, maybe two generations—that have very little Bible knowledge, have very little. Uh, Bible audience where they're coming to church or watching yeah. online or whatever and so they have to they have to learn what faith is and how to put that faith in something because they've been told you don't have to have a faith you know we just evolved it, it just there's nothing to think about there's there's nothing beyond this and so there's no faith process and so it's taking longer for people to get hold of that and grasp that for sure and I think we have to be patient with people but at the same time we need to be growing that and we need to be enhancing what they're getting. Um, I think as an older Christian, especially one who's been raised in a day where it seemed like everybody had a Bible or at least knew some Bible, it can be frustrating and it can be almost discouraging that people aren't getting saved as quickly or as easy, you know, quote, easy, as easily as they used to. And uh, it just takes more time. It takes more time today, for sure. We have quickly, the United States has become a nation that is biblically illiterate. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, that base is not there. Uh, you know, as we were seeing, you know, hundreds and sometimes in some services, a couple of thousand people getting saved in rallies and and uh, great events, uh, the, the nation at least had a Bible understanding. They had a Bible education. They, uh, parents have read the Bible to them. Grandparents have read the Bible to them. They heard it in school, uh, on and on. And so, you know, there was a time that most people in the United States went to Sunday school, or at least they sent their children to Sunday right. school if they didn't go themselves. And so, you know, that at least gave a Bible foundation, a Bible knowledge. And uh, when we went to Israel, it was actually for our 25th wedding anniversary, but we're speaking there at, at an event. And so we just celebrated, you know, while we're there. Um, uh, Australia is a nation that is mirrors the United States, except there's no Bible belt at all. And so it, Australia is like you have, 
East Coast liberals and West Coast liberals, but you don't have anything else. Mm. And and so whenever I came back from Australia, Denise and I were talking, and, and Denise had said, man, you could drop 100 missionary families immediately in that nation, not even make a dent in, yeah. in the number of people that, that need Christ. And so um, even in what we call the Bible Belt, people are becoming very biblically illiterate. And so mm-hmm. I'm not saying they can't be saved. And God works upon all men in miraculous ways. Yet um, I think it takes us a little bit more time to get the Word of God in them. It's, it's, it's the Word we are born again by the incorruptible Word of God. And right. so it takes the Word and the Spirit of God applying that as, as it's needed. And, and so sometimes it just takes a little bit more time with the Word. Let me ask you this. So I'm, I'm a teenager. I got saved when I was five, and I'm struggling with whether or not I'm saved. What steps should I take to secure that decision in my heart and mind, do you think? What did you do? What did you do? What do you remember? And and so if, if, a, if a person says, well, I know I went forward, but I don't remember anything after that. Right. If they'll say, uh, well, I know I knelt down at the altar somebody talked to me but i don't really remember then i have real concerns then now i'm not the holy spirit but we do use the word of god uh, hebrew says that it pierces even to the d- dividing asunder soul uh, uh, joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart and so we can use the scripture to discern what did you intend? What did you actually do? What have you actually received? What do you actually believe right now? And right. and so um, that that's where you've got to start. And from that is the pivotal question where where you turn either to directly to assurance or you go to salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I I would go to the person that led you to Christ if you can. Um, I would go to your parents and have them recount what happened. I would just get alone with the Lord and say, Lord, I need to know. Holy Spirit, I need to know. And give me that assurance or give me that burning that I need to, I need to be saved. And a lot of times the Holy Spirit will make that clear for you. Uh, those kind of things I think are very helpful. And if worse comes to worse, and I've had you know people question this, um, but I've told people if you're not a hundred percent sure, if you're if you're having question, do you think God gets upset if you say, Lord, I think I'm saved, but I don't I don't have a complete assurance of that. Lord, if I'm not saved, would you come into my heart and save me now? Would you give me Would you give me that opportunity? I don't think the Lord's going to be upset if you say, Hey. I'm not sure, can I ask again? I don't we have to do that 12 times. But if there's a time in your life where you have to say, if, I, if I'm not 100% sure I want to be, if I wasn't saved, I'm calling on you to be saved now. If I am saved, then I'm asking you to give me that assurance like I've never had before. 
And I've had people do that, and I, I've had adults do that. And I've, I've had adults say, man, that, that was the moment that I finally got clarity. And most of them said, I was saved. I just needed that. I just needed that opportunity to have that assurance. So I, I'll do that as well. Yeah, um, you can certainly ask, but you cannot trust your your salvation on what somebody else said you did. Correct. Because you know, a little kid may have even prayed, and the parents have videotaped it, and they mm-hmm. say, "Look, here's what you did." But if they did not trust. Christ, if they did not accept Christ, you know, if they were just uh, being obedient to mom and dad or, you know, felt felt like maybe they should or their brothers and sisters did. So they do, too. And if they are not if they're not accepting Christ, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody else says, because whenever I go to First uh, John three, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth and hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him for if our heart condemn us god is greater than our heart and knoweth all things beloved if our heart condemn us not then have we confidence toward god and so that that immediate response of all right well what did you do okay well i remember i remember asking jesus to save me okay now I'm going to go to, uh, you know, all of these verses that deal with assurance. I don't know what I did. Did you pray? I couldn't tell you. Uh, did anything happen in your heart? And I have no idea. Um, you know, did somebody tell you what you had done? Man, n- no. Uh, people told me that I was saved, but I don't really remember. You know, right. our heart is is they're saying, I can't find a veracity in Scripture. I can't find this confidence in Scripture. And so that heart is seeking, I need to get this settled. And so the last thing, the absolute last thing, I think, I think it's atrocious when preachers do this. The last thing I ever would want somebody to do is to doubt their salvation. Right. But but the God, God does confirm it, and maybe we can on Wednesday, you know, just give the three, three main points in First John of how do I know that I'm saved. Ways that God confirms, three tests in John, First John, that, that really uh, uh, lets you know. You can take that spiritual test, just mm-hmm. you and God, and, and have that confirmation. Right. Well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you veracity as word of the day and say that that's the end of the day. And uh, we're going to bring this over <laughs> to Wednesday. So <laughs> there you go. We haven't done word of the day for a while. I'll give you that one. Awesome. Well, that's, this is a great topic. And uh, JK, thanks for sending that in. I appreciate yes. it. And uh, boy, I hope that's settled in your heart and mind. And I would say this, if it's not, call me. Uh, get hold of me, email me, get hold of Brother Wolven, and, and let us walk you through this and help you with this. We want you to have that assurance. Absolutely. We all need that. We all need that. And I'll tell you this, I think it's the number one, the very first trick of the devil when you do receive Christ. I tell people, now listen, he's going to come and make you try and doubt it. It's it's going to happen. He's going to make you think that you didn't, you didn't pray enough, you didn't pray long enough, all those things. Don't listen to that. It's a trick, but... 
he still comes. So get ready if you've just gotten saved. That's probably going to happen. And know that there's a solution to that. I'm Al Stone. I'm in St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm heading out on the road in just a few days. And uh, my first stop will be Scott, Michigan. Looking forward to being at Prairie Baptist Church there and uh, their missions conference. I'm excited. It's a great church. I haven't been there since COVID, and I got COVID when I was there. First time I had COVID, <laughs> and uh, went played some floor hockey with the kids there, and uh, that night felt kind of sore, and, and I got night sweats, and uh, then I got chills, and I woke up in the morning. I couldn't smell my cologne, and I thought, oh boy. So, I left there a few days later, and 17 people from the church ended up going to the hospital for COVID, and so they don't call me Captain Canada anymore. They call me Captain COVID. So looking forward (laughs) to going back. Should be exciting at Prairie Baptist. And how do you know you didn't bring it to them? You're blaming Uh, the kids. You may have brought it to them. No, that's what they say, but I was fine until I got there. I mean, I had no symptoms. No problem. I was there for three or four days. I mean, it was them. They gave it to me. That's the story. Stone out. That's the story. You're keeping with it. So, you JK, it. you know, I, I can't stand these acronyms whenever people are texting. Um, I think it was about five or six years ago. I told somebody, I said, why in the world... Do people do this to me? I said, look at this, IKR. And and the team that I was talking to said, I know, right? I went, exactly. And of course, IKR means I know, right? right? And I so know. I'm going, yes, isn't that stupid? And they went, I know, right? Yes, I'm glad that you agree. Isn't that IKR? Who in the world? I know, right? Yes. I'm glad you agree. That I, it took like five tries before it really sunk in. So Who's on first? Who's on first? Exactly. There you go. Exactly. All right. Well, this is Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio, who cannot understand acronyms, So, but that's okay. Uh, please make sure you give us a rating, a review, and make sure that you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. And we are 25, probably by the airing of this episode, 24 episodes mm. away. Eight weeks away from the big one That's right. Y-A-L. Have a great day. <laughs> You're a loser. Y-A-L? You're a loser. Oh, that's not a real acronym. <laughs> Yeah, it is. You can make up how many time you want. I just <laughs> you, Jay. The only <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be why, you, Jay. The not only, you, Jay. The only, that's right. That's right. No, you got it right. You got it right the first time. Um, <laughs> the only acronym you need to know is TT. Tim Talks. You got it, buddy. All right. <laughs> so this is AL on TT saying, "Don't forget your TH." <laughs> I'll stick with the PC. I will L-P-C. stick with the BIBLE. Thank you. <laughs> this is Tim Talks. Have a great day. We'll be back on Wednesday. This is Tim Talks. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.